Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a dip into the delightful world of TalkParanormal.com. Now, Talk Paranormal, as you might guess, is a forum for people who feel that there's something else going on in the world besides regular stuff going on. Now, this is, of course, ghosts and spirits and hauntings and so on. So, I mean, what else do we have to say about that? But before we do start saying things about it, but before we start reading the forum at Talk Paranormal, I just wanted to get a little business out of the way. First, I want to say happy holidays to everybody. And thanks to everyone who has donated recently to the podcast. And that would be, of course, Jasper from the Netherlands and Stephen Malicki who donated. If I forgot that you donated... I apologize, <laughs> but I do appreciate it. It's always a very wonderful feeling to be like, oh, someone likes the podcast enough to give me some dough. Very nice. So I appreciate that. And lastly, I still have magnets. So if you would like a magnet, a Lou Reed's magnet, which is free for the holidays, please write me. Well, by the time I finish editing this, it may be too late. Honestly, <laughs> but uh, just write me an email at loureads at gmail.com and tell me where you live. I have international stamps. I can send it pretty much anywhere around the world because it just costs the same as a regular letter. Right on. Okay. So now that we've gotten that business out of the way, let's start reading. Okay. So the first post we'll read here at Talk Paranormal is in the Talk Paranormal subforum Supernatural Forums and Discussions. Subforum Ghost Spirits and Hauntings, Subforum Haunted Locations, in a thread started by E. Fournier, or E. Foreigner. It's either way. We've pronounced it the French way, E. Fournier, I guess. Who wrote in a thread they entitled, Would you buy a house that is documented as haunted? And it goes like this. Obviously, there's no way to know for sure if a house is haunted. But some places have long-standing histories of being haunted and even have evidence from paranormal investigation to back up the claim. My husband and I have started talking about buying a house and he has told me that he doesn't want to live in a house that is haunted. I, on the other hand, have never lived in non-haunted houses and always considered the resident ghost something to just expect to be around, brackets, like pets or relatives who say they are just visiting for weeks and seem to stay a lifetime. I can't imagine not living in a house without at least a little haunting, brackets, I'm not saying demonic haunting, just regular harmless spirit. What about you? Would you buy a house if you knew it to be haunted? And ugly and rude writes, I did buy a over a hundred year old farm that was said to be haunted, plus had two suicide hangings. Also, the front yard was said to have an Indian burial grounds. Previous owner saw a little girl ghost all in white and an old many on the stairs. Plus, she would see her son, who was 11 when he died swimming in the barn. But alas, never experienced any paranormal. But it's easy to promote a haunted house. Just make up stories like so many do. And E. Fournier replies, Yes, that is true. My parents never intended to buy a haunted house and didn't actually know anything about the house until after they bought it. When we first moved in, brackets when I was three, I said, quote unquote, someone died here. And they thought I was saying it because it was an old empty house. Since then, they learned that two people have actually died in our house. We have had all sorts of experiences, including guests who, quote unquote, do not believe in the paranormal, refusing to stay in our house because of the things that have happened to them while they were there. I debate about telling people it is haunted whenever we go to sell it. I think perhaps they should find out for themselves. And Miss Multitasker adds, Most places I have lived, and still to this day, have activity. My hubby and I are used to it. As posted a while back, we just set some ground rules. Touch wood, so far, so good. So no, this would be the least of my worries. I've only had to get slash move quickly once. I pray I never have to go through that experience again. That was posted a while back too. Good luck on your adventure, and keep us posted. And YS Bird writes, quote-unquote paranormal experiences in any house reported to be haunted is purely subjective. Best example is the infamous house in Amityville, New York. None of the owners since the Lutz's fled have ever experienced anything remotely paranormal. But of course, if that lowers the price for me, claim all you want that it's haunted. And Ugly and Rude replies again, Oh, plus, because a paranormal team claims to have evidence does not make a house haunted, many teams haven't a clue. And Gizmo adds, 
Some places make you put it on the disclosure form when you list through a realtor, which I find odd. But yeah, I wouldn't mind one way or the other if something we bought was supposed to be haunted. My experience tells me it clears eventually if something is there. And Phantom Hound writes, Grew up in one, am now living in the quote-unquote family home, initially built in the early 1700s. Didn't get damaged too much by Sherman's army towards the end of the Civil War. Mainly what is still there are the quote-unquote ghosts of deceased family members. Mostly. And some underscore bloke writes, No, I would live in one thought if I was paid to do it. Then again, houses that are rumored to be haunted are probably cheap considering very few people would want to live there. And Ugly and Rude writes, Actually, many claimed haunted houses sell above market value. Just look at the demon house in Gary. A psychic claimed it had over 200 demons, and they found a sucker to buy it in areas where homes are selling for in the teens down to a few hundred dollars. He paid $35,000. And some underscore bloke writes, The guy who bought it must have a death wish if he bought it knowing it apparently contains demons. Either that, or he doesn't believe in demons. Smiley face emoticon. And Ugly and Rude replies again. If you look back at all the claimed demon houses, the residents before and the ones afterwards do not experience paranormal. So, did a demon exist or was it created by the people or those called in? It seems authors in Hollywood create and exaggerate the demonic claims. And Booger Dash Boo ends the thread with, I would and I have, but they don't bother me at all, so Yelpers, if I could and the house was big enough for my fam and me and all my stuff and was the right location, there's no doubt that I would so do this. Just make it known to them that if they mess with me, I will bottle them up. And we'll stay in the Haunted Location subforum and continue by reading a thread started by Eden entitled, Haunted Objects, Brackets, and How to Spot Them. And it goes like this. I'm not sure if this belongs to here or if there already is a topic slash threads on this one. Do you believe that objects, brackets, stuff, furniture, jewelry, antiques can have some type of haunting energy or somehow the spirit of their past owners in them? When you buy something old, how do you find out if there is, quote unquote, something within the object? Speaking from my personal experience, I usually sense some kind of energy in most places, objects, and people. Brackets, not all, of course, but 50% of old stuff has some semi-strong vibes to me. Caring energy, violent energy, brackets, I removed with sage successfully. Negative evil energy, energy of when something or someone is being undervalued. Quote-unquote, <laughs> quote-unquote, sneaky energy. Mixed vibes, something is about to happen, dash vibes. Furthermore, do you think that something brackets a spirit energy in an object can actually harm me or attract more evil spirits into my home? And most of all, can it cause a house becoming haunted? You know, they say what you eat is what you will crave. <laughs> is it also evil energy slash spirits attract more evil? What you eat is what you will crave. Okay, anyway. And Eden writes again, my energy analysis on a couple of brackets antique items in my home. Two wall candle holders, age, the history of those goes back to the late 19th century or early 20th century. Origin old mansion, vibes, mixed slash complicated, bitter, spirits attached, possibly and if yes, not very powerful at the moment. Chandelier slash candle lamp, age, late 19th century, brackets 1880. Origin old church, brackets, I heard they had auctioned it off for some unknown reason. Vibes, clean, no energy at the moment, or it is not obvious kind if there is some. Spirits attached, I can't feel any, but I can sort of feel the quote-unquote history in it. But that's not a spiritual feeling, just a fact. Learning more, I don't know why I'm so interested in energies in items, grinning emoticon. And Pix replies, sounds like you could be switched on with this. Why not practice some psychometry, using something from a friend who knows its history, but you don't. Then you know how right your reading is. And Eden replies, sounds actually interesting, even though I wouldn't call it reading because I only sense the energies and sometimes of what kind of place the item has been in, brackets, or the energy of that place, it's hard to explain. I already knew, brackets, the antique store told me the origins of these two items that I wrote about. It wasn't part of the energy analysis. I just wrote it down as background information. And Pix replies, no need to explain. My path is with using chi slash qui, the cosmic energy, so I understand. But you can use the energy for quote unquote reading an object, but it can take practice. It's up to you if you want to. And Eden replies, energy is an interesting thing. 
definitely going to work with it in the future as well. And Pix finishes the thread by adding, Hope you do it can open many doors, including psychic ones. And so we'll leave that thread and go to a new thread in the Talk Paranormal Supernatural Forums and Discussion Slash Subforum Ghost Spirits and Haunting Subforum Shadow Creatures in a thread started by Sam entitled, Something Followed Me Home. And it goes like this. I was walking home from the 24-hour shop an hour ago, and I heard a really high-pitched laugh come from an alleyway near my street, and it really crept me out. So I ran the rest of the way home. I looked back when I was near my front door to see if I was being chased, and a shadow just darted overhead and dropped a hat on my doorstep. (laughs) What? And a shadow just darted overhead and dropped a hat on my doorstep. I hopped over it and ran inside. It's still sitting there. I don't want to touch it. I want to call a friend to come over, but it's night and she would just laugh at me and think I'm taking the piss, especially because she knows I'm a horror movie fanatic. I'm seriously freaking out here. Does anyone know if it was a demon? Because I can't think of anything else it could have been. I do kind of believe in the supernatural, but I'm trying to convince myself otherwise right now. I thought this would be the best place to ask. Somebody please reply. I'm really freaked out right now. And I, the blaze writes, if the hat is still there in the morning, burn it. But don't touch it. Use a stick to pick it up. I also wouldn't be out at night walking anywhere anymore. Don't pick up the hat and bring it into your house. And Punky adds, Or if you're feeling gutsy, keep the hat as physical evidence. That stuff's pretty rare. So if there's something unusual about the hat, it would be valuable. And Chaos Rose writes, I was reading some Shadow Person lore recently, and there was some stuff about Hat Man. Some people think that the hat is important to it, and it would likely want it back. I'd probably keep the thing, but if you're afraid, maybe you should just leave it out there and see if it disappears tonight. And Gizmo replies, Whoa, I'd be asking if the laugh was explainable, and I'd be asking how you tied the hat and the laugh to the same thing. You were spooked and running away. That's normal. Normal, not paranormal. You didn't mention whether you saw anyone or anything in the alley. Then when you get home, you say a shadow darted overhead and dropped a hat on your doorstep. Are you sure there was a shadow? Did you see it drop a physical object, brackets, hat? Or did you see the hat fall and land on your doorstep? Could anyone have dropped it from above like out a window? Could the hat have been sitting someplace and a wind took it and blew it down? All of these are questions I had, and questions I would want to think about if it happened to me. If the hat is a physical object, it isn't going to bite you. I'd pick it up and keep it. Examine it for IDs of owner, or for what it is, where it might have come from. The quote-unquote hat man, as Rose mentioned, is a pretty commonly reported entity. It usually like a dark silhouette in the shape of a person wearing a wide-brim hat. It is usually not transparent looking, if I recall. More like a solid dark that is darker than the dark around it. It's usually not doing much but looking, watching, or dashing by. It's creepy. But I haven't heard of any that have high-pitched laughs or leave real objects behind. I'm thinking this is not your garden variety hat man. I'm pretty sure, brackets due to the physical hat thing, that there is some kind of good explanation for this that involves something normal. Chill. You're okay. Put on your thinking cap and dig deeper before you panic. And Sam replies, Hey guys, I thought I should let you know. The hat was gone when I woke up. Chances are, it could have just blown away, but it didn't drop from a window since the only floor above my ground floor apartment is vacant at the minute and the windows are always closed. I'm still really spooked about last night though. The laugh sounded very echoey and was very high pitched and I saw something very human-like bounce right over my head before I got inside. It went over the roof of my apartment, and I only got a quick glimpse. I was too freaked out to stick around and see if I could make out exactly what it was. I just Googled Hat Man, too, and for all I know, that might have been what it was. I'm certain about the hat, though. I got a good look at it. It looked like this. And there's an image. And it is a rabbit fur top hat looking thing. Very English looking. And Chaos Rose writes, If the hat could have blown away, surely it would be around, stuck against something. Those top hats are heavy and not easily blown around. Was there a gale last night? Not like the typical hat man hat for sure. If you saw a human-shaped figure quote-unquote bounce over your head and over the roof of your flat, then this is interesting. Original and unique, but interesting. I've never heard of anything like it, and I've heard a lot. I'm sorry you didn't nick the hat, though. And McCann writes, This high-pitched laugh you heard... Was it a male's or female's voice? And about this shadow you're saying bouncing over your head and went over the roof of your apartment, was it a dark shadow or could it be possibly white shadow? And Sam replies, 
Yeah, I should have grabbed the hat. Maybe someone else picked it up in the early hours of the morning. Whatever the case, it's gone now, and I hopefully don't have to worry about any evil entities stalking me. I think I'll stay in tonight just to be sure. It's not that often for me to go out at night anyway, since there's always a risk of bumping into violent gangs here in London, especially when it's dark. The laugh was definitely male. Very high-pitched and echoey, though. It really spooked me out when I heard it, and I didn't even want to look down the alley it came from. I just ran. Also, to be honest, I'm not sure whether it was a shadow or a human. It was dark out, and I only got a glimpse, but it was definitely not white. And McCann replies, Well, in my country, there are two possibilities. If you're seeing something like this... First, it was a person who tried to make a little fun and scare a thing out of you. A person, but not an ordinary one, as he was maybe able to, quote-unquote, fly, as you've described there. Second, it could be a supernatural being called Kuntinalak. It's common to hear the sound of its laugh before we could see it. If the laugh sounded near, the Kuntinalak is far away from us. But if it sounded far, we should be careful because the Kuntalanak is nearby. Kuntalanak is a night creature and most of the time would be appeared like a lady in white with long hair and love to scare people by flying through above their heads. But Kuntinalak doesn't wear any hat. Well, maybe you've seen one of them if you're sure you can't think about anything else. Forgive my English. I think my basha is better. And Sam replies, I was researching what I saw the last few hours and I came across something that really freaked me out. And it is an article entitled Spring Hills Jack is Back, Paranormal Experts Weigh in on Dark Figure Mystery. And Gizmo also shares an article about Spring Hill Jack in which they claim that, quote unquote, the urban legend of Spring Hill Jack gained immense popularity in its time due to the tales of his bizarre appearance and ability to make extraordinary leaps to the point where he became the topic of several works of fiction. And in the picture of him, he is wearing a hat similar to the rabbit hat. And Sam replies, he actually wears a hat too. And the same type I found on my doorstep. Please tell me he isn't real. And JB8555 replies, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but where I live, we have large seagulls that do pick up trash, fish, and other things that they make one heck of a cackle noise. Also, they are out at all hours and fly low. Not saying it's this, but if you're freaked out, look for a more normal cause first. And Gizmo replies, he isn't real. And hasn't this joke gone on long enough? Seriously. Well, all right then. And we'll go from that thread to a new thread in the Supernatural Forum, the Discussion Subforum, Ghost Spirits and Hauntings, Subforum, Shadow Creatures, in a thread stirred by Evil Rico entitled, Can Someone Help Explain This? Three question marks. And it goes like this. Okay, let's start from the beginning. For the last three weeks, I have been doing all types of searches and research on shadow people. It just started as curiosity and spilled into a need to know where they came from, or do they even exist? I've even turned off lights while facing a mirror to see if anything would ever happen. Well, I never got anything from that one-eyed monster emoticon. Well, today, I walk outside and I find five quarters placed in a perfect line in front of my doorway. Does this have any type of significance or just a coincidence? And mind you, no one knows of my latest curiosity of these shadow people. And it's the Blaze replies, Earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. Hope you have nine lives because you started something you can't close now. And Gizmo replies, Oh, heavens, you found five quarters. Let's think. What could cause that? One, someone put them there. Two, someone dropped them there. Three, your curiosity about shadow people and looking into a mirror in the dark caused five quarters to be magically teleported in a perfect line to the doorway of your house, leaving a meaningful but cryptic message that foretold your doom. I know which one I would pick. Brackets. Hint, it isn't the last one. And Chaos Rose adds, Jinn are said to enjoy hoarding coins and compulsively counting them. Some people feel that shadow people are jinn. That said, I doubt there is anything paranormal about finding coins. I've never seen a shadow person in a mirror. I'm not sure why that would be your approach. Next time I see one, I'll let it know you're interested. And Dalvis writes, My guess would be that someone is pranking you. And it's the Blaze writes, How can five quarters in a line be a coincidence? Mind you, right in front of the doorway, someone can place five quarters in a row, but they can't randomly drop five quarters in a row. It was done on purpose. And Gizmo replies, It probably was done on purpose, but I doubt that the purpose was sinister. Maybe some kid. Maybe someone owed them a dollar twenty-five. I found a line of white stones once across my walkway. My niece put them there while playing. Should I have jumped to a paranormal explanation first before just asking what the reason was? And Miss Multitasker adds, Pray, 
Ask Uriel, the angel, and Zadkiel, the angel, for help. Ask God for guidance. Read Psalm 91. And Nightmare Paranoia writes, If I were you, I would discount this occurrence and continue doing research. Are you having nightmares or hearing slash seeing things? And Evil Rico replies, No, but my phone has been going nuts every night between 9.45 and 10.30. It starts calling numbers by itself, taking pictures on its own. I'll hear the shutter noise, and when I check the phone the next day, I have all these pictures of nothing. And Gizmo replies with a link to an article entitled, Signs and Symptoms of a Hacked Smartphone. And Nero adds, One thing I know is shadowers. Believe me, they've got nothing to do with quarters. If it's paranormal, it's got nothing to do with shadowers. They have a certain sick humor, but it got nothing to do with coins or so. And Slippery Pete adds, If you are being truthful here, and if you've discounted the possibility of a prank and your phone being hacked, you may be dealing with what certain Native American tribes call a quote-unquote trickster. They are not concerned with our terms of reason or logic, so it makes sense that their quote-unquote pranks or quote-unquote tricks would be so random. They've also been known to steal money. Just keep your mind and eyes open. And Zombie Mom 2010 finishes the thread by adding, Quarters doesn't seem very harmful. If it's paranormal, then it sounds pretty playful to me. And we'll go from that thread to a new thread in the Talk Paranormal Supernatural Form and Discussion subform Other Topics of Interest subform Vampires in a thread entitled Seeking Immortal Vampire by newcomer Unbeholden. And it goes like this. My name is Edwin. I recently found out about real immortal vampires. I used to spend a lot of time searching for real immortal vampires, but only found the goths who proclaimed to be mortal vampires and people who like to boast about being a vampire and writing some very beautiful poetry. So basically lifestylers slash role players. I found a medical analysis about them, which is probably false, as we don't even know if they truly exist, let alone their biology. There's also going through vampire mythology, which was interesting but gave no insight as to their existence, aside from the coincidence that many different civilizations have mythology of a vampire-like creature, civilizations that at the time never had contact with one another. I'm 18. I am Polish slash Portuguese in blood. I am doing college at the moment. I have had my share of group of friends and a life that is somewhat common. I live with my mom, who doesn't have much money. I haven't seen most of my family in ages as most of them are overseas. I have three half-brothers. I only have had regular contact with one of them, but up until recently I stopped contact with him as well. I haven't seen my dad in a year or so. He never was a real dad to me, but sort of quote-unquote around occasionally. It doesn't matter to me, though, as family has never really been important to me anyway. I'm described to be stubborn, resourceful, witty, lighthearted, and once I had been complimented to have a quote-unquote face like a living doll. I love Jim Carrey movies. I believe in perfectionism. I believe in fate. I don't believe in any religion, brackets, does reincarnation count? I don't continue any traditions as my family never had any. Recently, I have had a horrible breakdown where I have gotten some severe physical problems, medical-related that don't really have a cure and are chronic in nature. It hits me hard. And I found out recently how horrible it can be to be mortal. Brackets. And I'm only 18 for God's sake. I'm not sure why, but I've always believed in reincarnation. I've never fully understood why. And there was always something alluring to me about the vampire. I had a niggling suspicion about vampires. I, like many, would quote-unquote sell my soul to become a vampire, as my mortal life has in every sense of the word become a living nightmare. Though I have too much pride to beg for it, especially to anyone over the internet. So, for the real immortal vampires out there, simply PM me, brackets, I'll ask some questions to make sure you're real or not. And Scary Girl 67 writes, Welcome to the Talk Paranormal Forums, Unbeholden. As far as vampires go, you might want to check out an affiliate site of Talk Paranormal if you haven't already. And there is a link to VampireTruth.com. That site no longer exists. And Nate Sean writes, I was very much the same as you in many ways. The myth of the vampire was made very enticing to me by Anne Rice and Josh Whedon, especially when I was being bullied in high school. Having the strength and the social immunity of a vampire was how I would, quote-unquote, get back at the bullies and teachers I hated. But in the end, as much as I wanted vampires to be real, and as much as I would jump for joy should Lestat, Bill Compton, or heck, even Jasper and Alice wish to make me one of their own, I had to accept the reality of the fact that it wouldn't happen. I hope you can find your own personal strength without taking the very dangerous route of trying to meet a, quote-unquote, vampire online. And Haunted Lady adds, 
I wholeheartedly agree with this statement. The fact is that there is a plethora of online predators, and they are especially rampant among those who have desires and requests such as this. You never know who you're talking to online. You can't believe everything anyone says, or anything about who they pretend to be. I could tell you, I am a rocket scientist. Would you believe me? Unfortunately, that is true for this website as well as others out there. If you put yourself out to the world in this way, one thing I promise you is that someone will respond and assure you they're exactly what you were looking for. I also assure you that you will be exactly what they're looking for, a young, innocent, and easy target. It's for this reason I have edited your post and removed your general location. If anything happens to you, it won't be because of information you have shared here. And the unreholden response. My mortal problems aren't as minor as your quote-unquote being bullied, and I have ailments that are debilitating. Finding strength is difficult when you don't have much to begin with. My ailments are isolating, too. You come to find that mortality can sometimes be nightmarish for some people, and vampirism can be a way out, brackets, especially for someone who is close to dying. In those instances, the question that comes up is, is it better to die or become an immortal vampire? Thank you for your words, but I think I know what I want, and even time won't be able to change my circumstances that have led me to what I am now. The only real truth you have given me is that, quote-unquote, I should become content with the way things are, which in my opinion would be the equivalent of surrendering. And super.fantastic writes, For one, being bullied isn't minor to the person involved, so that statement is ignorant. It seems you're drowning in self-pity. I'd advise you to stop drowning and save yourself. Brackets, by living life like the rest of us, no matter how difficult. Your ailments are there for a reason, even if you do not see it. You don't need immortality to be strong. Trying to be something else is surrendering because you can't hack how you are now. Stop trying to run away. Immortality can only be achieved by dying, not transforming into a quote-unquote vampire. So, good luck. And Ugly and Rude writes, I'm not going to condemn you for wanting to prolong your life. Lots of people try this in one way or another, but what you're actually seeking is a virus, if I'm not mistaken. So, in truth, your seeking a virus may end up shortening your life with as you become a guinea pig. You say you know answers that will tell you the truth if they are real. Anyone can study RVK17 or Kaverf. Won't they have the answers as well? So, is the risk of rejection of this virus or the opposite effect of what you want and more sickness and shortening of your life worth it? In my opinion, you should use the energy you're spending on looking for this virus to instead tap into the power source and use this energy to battle what you have. Use the power of your mind to battle what you have. Mind power has cured many incurable diseases. Instead, you have already accepted the fact that you're sick, and by doing this, you will get sicker. Turn this around and study the power of your mind. Give up the negative thoughts that surround yourself with positive energy. Will you live forever? No, but you can extend your life and beat your illness with your mind if you truly believe it. Tap into the great energy source and use it and your mind to battle what you have. And Gunas38 writes, I think what would be great for you would be chi. That will strengthen you spiritually and emotionally. Start looking into that, also meditation, and working on your breathing. I just had this conversation with another person on here yesterday. Sounds crazy about the breathing, but I catch myself holding my breath all the time, and it causes me problems too. Now, if you're suffering with pain, which I can tell you are emotionally for sure, I am so sorry for that, and I wish I could help you. I feel for you. I hate that you are going through this. When I was young, my mom got sick and I had to go to an orphanage. And I was feeling really sorry for myself. I was talking to this other girl telling her my sad story. And she looked at me and told me her story, just like she was ordering something through the drive-thru. Quote, unquote, I'm here because my dad locked my little sister in a room and starved her and she died. So they came and took us all away. A huge tear rolled down my face and I said in my head, quote, unquote, I will never feel sorry for myself again. I guess what I'm saying here is someone... <laughs> I guess what I'm saying here is there is always someone who can outdo your story. It broke my heart when she told me this, as it breaks my heart for you. But always remember, there is someone who can outdo even your pain and are smiling through it somehow. That is what you need. You need some of that. Look into the chi and meditation and breathing. I hope I have come across right. Love, Mel. And... Suniku Onanoko writes, I'm not saying there are not vampire or that there are, but if there was something like that, I don't think they would say they are one to anyone. They would probably have laws that they should not expose themselves. If they did not, then I think everyone would know that they really are real. So I would not expect to find one that will be jumping up and down and saying, here I am. If they are real, I know if I was one, I would not say I was to anyone. If you expose yourself as something different, you would be hunted by a lot 
lot of different things and people, you know? If you really think about it, then there is also the people that would <laughs> then there is also the people that would think you are lying if you said you wear one. Or they think you're crazy. And Genova writes, Hi, the unbeholden. Like you, I also believe in vampires that are immortal, and I shall someday go in search of one. I am a strong believer in the 18th century vampires. But there is such thing as modern vampires, vampires that exist amongst people, mostly dressing in black, brackets like goths, because black absorbs energy, possibly also psychic vampires. I'm not sure you'll find someone, even I would like to be immortal, but seriously, think about it to wander the earth for centuries alone you'll probably lose family and friends is that what you really want but they are out there good luck in your search i hope you get well soon and ever wandering rights for obvious reasons i can't give you the information you seek i am sworn to secrecy as are others who know the truth about vampires i am interested in what you know though because i know the origins and a lot more so maybe we can open up a dialogue of some sort and search this out together and Collective 15 writes, Coming from someone who knows from experience, be careful what you seek. Those who keep searching don't find a sparkling, well-mannered romantic who wants to take you and make you their eternal companion. You'll find at your worst a mentally ill person who will emotionally and physically harm you. People have died looking for vampires. If you don't think there is danger, look up Catherine Ramsland in her novel where she goes undercover in the vampire underground. She ends up being tied up and almost killed because of it. I understand how bleak life can seem, but darling, you are only 18. Life will get better. You are in college with your total life ahead of you. You have to, be, you have to fight to be happy in this world. Trust me. I wish you the best in your endeavors. And we'll go from that thread to a new thread in the other topics of interest subform subform vampires in a thread started by Haruko's Hell Kitten entitled Tantric Vampires. And it goes like this. I wonder if there is a belief in tantric vampires. I am a member of a vampire community, and I've been hearing about quote-unquote tantric vampires. They seem to associate themselves with incubi and succubi. They are able to feed off of sexual energy, not just from sexual touch. I myself am a hybrid psychic and sanguine vampire, meaning I can drink blood to get energy or I can use quote-unquote tendrils to get energy. Of course, I have a willing donor, so no worries about that, though I am considering the fact that I also may be a tantric vampire as well as I can get sexual energy. Basically, what I'm asking is, do you believe in tantric vampires? Have you met one? Brackets. Where there is sexual energy in the air? Do you think you are one? Brackets. Describe the feelings you feel about the whole thing. And Queen Isis writes, for one, I have never heard of such things as this, and two, I would say Google this info, but it seems for unknown reasons almost everything is invention only and you cannot get unless you know someone that will let you in there. Very interesting that you are a vampire. I am sure we can learn lots from you. Here is a site that would interest you if you have not already been there yet. And again, they link to VampireTruth.com, which is no longer a site. Also, welcome to our forum, sweetie, and have a great night. Haruko's Health Kitten replies, Thank you for your reply. Yes, I have done research on tantric vampirism as I continue to seek information about my quote-unquote condition, and there are many sites that focus on the aspects of tantric feeding. I will have to check this site out. And thank you for your welcome. Grinning Emoticon. And Hockey 90 writes, as I recall, Incubi and Succubi are demons slash devils. According to the myth from the Dark Ages, they were having sex with sleeping victims. Incubi and Succubi were also blamed for sleep paralysis. People believe they were gathering sperm for Satan. He needed it to create more servants. And Haruko's kitten replies, Yes, I know about that, but the only reason tantric vampires are only calling themselves that because it seems to make sense to them. The incubi and succubi were stealers of sexual energy, usually in the form of bodily fluids. As for the part about sperm gathering, that's probably just some of the things they said to scare people. And LMC replies, I think everyone always had some kind of sexual energy. They always said to couples who were good with each other and loving that they have a good chemistry together. Maybe that's actually sexual energy they are talking about. And Haruko's Hell Kitten writes again. That may be, but I mean, if you can feed from this said sexual energy... And LMC replies, um, sometimes a couple can go out and never really do the deed, but feel very happy being with each other and still smiling after the date is over like they are satisfied. I think it could be possible. Why not? And Haunted Lady writes, 
I am most familiar with Psyvamprism, however, have had some limited contact with Sangs as well. I know in this particular subculture, most follow the ethics outlined in the Psychic Vampire Codex. I would suggest if you are experimenting with Tantricism as well, following these same ethical practices. Donors should always be by consent only. Honestly, I have read some pretty terrifying stories of the quote-unquote, victims of some tantric vamps that practice via astral projection. And any time you take from someone without their consent, it is immoral and, in my mind, quite criminal in the mindset. As far as incubi and succubi, I know and understand these reported experiences to be demonic in nature. In certain Satanism circles, it is common to manifest and procure a demon lover, which the practitioner generally commits to for a lifetime. Again, as with anything in life, make sure there are clear lines of consent. If you wish to PM me, I can as well direct you to a topic-specific forum where there are many more members practicing in the vampire subculture. Many of your questions would be more easily answered there. Of course, you are always welcome to share here as well. And you will find many people here at TP with endless questions about the lifestyle. It's good to have you here. Glad you joined. And Dr. Tufelgeist writes, quote-unquote, true vampires do not exist anymore. The last was executed March 13th. 2001. And Haunted Lady replies, Untrue. There is an entire community of quote-unquote true vampires you are unaware of, called clans, covens, or houses. They are private, small groups of individuals which gather in secret to socialize, work, play, and feed. And Haruko's Hell Kitten replies, Thank you, Haunted Lady. Dr. Tufel, you might want to do some more research before you come to your conclusions. And Dr. Tufel Gase replies, I know for a fact that quote-unquote true vampires no longer exist. Wearing goth clothes, wearing dark makeup, wearing fangs, and listening to goth music is not a real vampire. And spending quality time watching reruns of Twilight doesn't make you a vampire either. B-O-S-C. And Bracket replies, Doc, how do you know for a quote-unquote fact? And Dr. Tufelgeist replies, B-O-S-C, simple as that. And Harrow's Kel Kitten writes, Why are you in this thread dismissing the fact about vampires? And Dr. Tufelgeist replies, I stated my opinion on the subject of vampires. This whole site is about discussion slash debating and opinions. May I ask you one question and then I shall not respond again. Do you know what B-O-S-C is? And Haruko's Hell Kitten replies, Honestly, no, I don't know what B-O-S-C is. Please enlighten me. And Dr. Tufelgeist writes, Thank you. That is all I need to know. This is my final post in your thread. Smiling emoticon. And Haunted Lady replies, Well, here's the thing. A quote-unquote bosque is a type of pear, and it seems like you are just randomly throwing fruit in your defense since you don't actually know a thing about real vampires. They do exist today. If someone dresses goth or listens to goth music, they are goth. Fake fangs are for wannabes. Real vampires don't fall to Bram Stoker's film perversion of the description of a vampire brackets where the vampire lives an isolated life in the darkness fearing the sunlight. Real vampires don't sit around watching Twilight reruns and vampires don't sparkle. What you describe here are people who are not in fact actually involved in the vampire subculture, but people who idolize it. The members of the vampire community are very secretive, very cautious, and very private about their covens or quote-unquote families with good reason. People who misunderstood them, brackets which is run rampant in this thread, or who would judge them, are everywhere. And Super Fantastic writes, Doc, are you talking about blood on Satan's claw, or the pear, as HL said, or perhaps the Bosque Monitor Lizard? None of them have anything to do with real-life vampires. Vampires aren't merely things of legend or lore or books or movies, as I believe you were trying to say, and I may not believe in those quote-unquote old-world fake vampires or the new Twilight versions. But I think I know enough to know there's something out... <laughs> But I think I know enough to know there's something out there along the lines of real-life quote-unquote vampires because what I do believe in is energy. We use it every day in our lives. Our bodies need it. What's so insanely unbelievable about others who can use energy found around them to quote-unquote feed themselves? LOL. Believe what you want or don't want to in this case, but I think there's definitely something to this vampire stuff. I don't know. But at least I'm open-minded. And Haruko's Hell Kitten replies, Thank you for your input. We need more open-minded people in the world. And we'll go from that thread to a new discussion in the Life and Death Subforum Subforum Reincarnation in a thread started by Sir Arl entitled Self-Regression Session and Questions. And it goes like this. 
Hey guys, I tried a past life regression using a session recording I found online a while back and what happened really interested me. The first thing I remember is that I was either sitting on the edge of or standing by a fountain. I distinctly remember feeling like I was waiting for someone, but I didn't really get anything else out of it since I kept losing focus. Now what really interested me was in the session they said to try to go back further to a life before my last and after I bit I had a very vivid experience of me walking through the snow low to the ground and at one point I started running almost in a panic. I jerked back to my room and after that I couldn't relax any longer. My heart was pounding after that. But do you guys think it's possible to have lived lives as other creatures? I'm a furry brackets and no that doesn't mean I'm into the stereotypical fur crap and I've always had a love for foxes like I feel a strong connection with them and I find them very interesting and beautiful even I've always loved nature too I love to be outside even if it's just to wander around the streets or out in the fields as long as I can get fresh air and look up at the sky I'm happy but I guess why I came here is because, well, I wanted to have someone tell me if it sounds like it could be true. Like, does it sound like an actual memory to anyone? And could I get advice on my next regression? I want to try again sometime. Sorry if this post sucks. It's late, I'm tired, and I was kind of lazy with my proofreading. XD. And Gizmo replies, You lost me at quote-unquote I'm a furry. Sorry, but I've got to go with vivid dreams and imagination here. And Sir Errol replies, That's what I figured. Just wish I could delete the post because I feel pretty stupid right now. Frowny face emoticon. And Gizmo replies again. Holy cow, stop beating yourself up. Now I feel pretty bad for my comment. I was perhaps too flippant about the furries thing, sorry. But to elaborate on my opinion, brackets, and it's just an opinion of a stranger on the internet, not the last word in wisdom, I would always start with looking for normal explanations for things before jumping to paranormal ones. Dreams are a bit tricky because we all have them at one time or another that seem really clear or real. You can become convinced they are something real. I don't think this is stupid. It's just that they seem real. When I was a kid, I dreamed the clearest dream that our dog had these puppies. I woke so excited and got halfway to the dog when I remember the dog was a male. LOL. But I remember that it seemed so real when I dreamed it that I believed it for a minute. I know nothing about past life regressions. I think my problem with them, brackets that I'm speaking from zero experience, is that it's just so easy to see or be told something is past life and there's no way to prove it. So I can dream I was Cleopatra and what do you do with that? Someone told me once all about my past lives. I tuned it all out because to me it was fantasy land. Someone here might have experience with regressing, and there might be a little literature about remembering past lives, where the people remembering actually remembered facts that could be checked and they would have no way of knowing. Little kids sometimes quote-unquote remember things like that. You might have given your sleeping mind some kind of a trigger to dream these things by setting the intention to do it, or by giving it a lot of attention in your waking hours. I'm truly sorry that my quick comment hurt your feelings. It isn't quote-unquote stupid to consider these things. That's why we are here, to discuss stuff like this. And Stealth Valtsu writes, Don't let it go. That's my advice. You should keep testing yourself. What do you feel, for example? If it's true, that might explain why you like foxes so much. <laughs> and Chaos Rose writes, Most people who feel connected to an animal spirit tend to call themselves Therian or other kin. Furry has a weird sexual connotation, especially after that CSI episode. And Gizmo replies, My daughter actually got to meet the cat guy, brackets now deceased. She was attending a trade show that was in the same place that was hosting a furries event. She said it was really quite interesting, but frightening when one of the salesmen from her company was beating on their door begging to be let in because a giant squirrel was chasing him down the hall. I am not kidding. And we'll leave that thread to go to the last thread in this podcast, which is in the Talk Paranormal Forum Subforum religion, metaphysical, and occult topics, subform Ouija boards, in a thread started by Eden, entitled, Can Boards Store Energy or Become Haunted? And it goes like this. Could old Ouija boards contain evil spirits? I mean, mainly, brackets, old, wooden ones that you could find from flea markets or yard sales. Just thinking. I saw a horror movie once, brackets, can't remember the title, and they had in the movie a quote-unquote possessed Ouija board, granting emoticon. And Pix adds, I think that it's more than possible. Double ellipses. And I, the Blaze, writes, I think if anyone could be haunted, it would be the Ouija board. I mean, the other name for it is Spirit Board. It's made to be haunted. And Eden replies, Okay, good to know. At least I'm going to be careful if I find an old one on sale. And Pix adds, Why are you looking to buy one? And Eden replies, I'm doing a little research for fun about haunted objects and especially old items that have weird energies. And Pix asks, 
Ooh, what sort of research? And Eden replies, just something like a little quote-unquote funny project to see if there's some similarities between certain objects. And does it depend on the item? What kind of energies go into it? For example, can a spirit be brackets more easily haunted than a necklace, etc.? Old things, objects found from weird brackets, unusual places, stuff owned by people who are dead by now. Those are all interesting categories. Brackets, I'm laughing at myself because I probably seem a little childish. And Pix replies, not at all. It's a way of learning to read energies, but just make sure you put a protection wrap around yourself before trying to link with it and read these items. As I've said to you already, you could try psychometry. It's only a way of reading an item's energy. And Ugly and Rude replies, But you need to remember, haunted objects are not haunted by everyone. They seem to only be haunted to those who believe. Remember, the larger percentage of people do not believe in hauntings and have never experienced paranormal. And Chaos Rose asks, How can you even know that? Given the way that people are treated when they share experiences, it's likely that most people decide to keep it to themselves. Ouija is just another form of divination like tarot or astrology. I doubt you believe that evil spirits can come out of your leftover Sunday newspaper because it has a horoscope page. And Phantom Hound adds, Hi there. Simply put in reply to your question, based on 60 years of dealing with quote-unquote odd events, I think it's very possible. I used it once and never again. We'll simply advise that the quote-unquote board carry a bracket quote-unquote warning sign. It is not a toy, and I have met folks that once quote-unquote opened it quote-unquote, things took place, and closing whatever they, quote-unquote, opened wasn't easy. Best of luck, and be careful what you wish for. And Miss Multitasker adds, match gasoline. Ah, what a team. If not, protect yourself. No glove, no love. Protect yourself with white light and other variables. Better yet, find someone who is experienced to teach you properly. These are just my thoughts, and I mean no offense. And FL Dinosaur replies, I believe the Ouija is just a tool. Therefore, itself cannot be quote-unquote haunted or possessed. It can and is used by either side. This idea would infer that SB-7s, spirit boxes, EMF meters, voice recorders, could be possessed because they are used for communication. Haven't heard any reports of that happening yet. And Gizmo replies to Ugly and Rude's previous comment about haunted objects not being haunted to everyone by saying, Hence, they don't believe. I think you might feel quite gullible if you believed in something you never had experienced. This is why I am non-theist. I am a quote-unquote show-me kind of person. I don't understand blind faith. And that's why I do believe in the paranormal. I've seen enough of it that I couldn't not. As far as haunted objects go, it seems there are many for sale on eBay. Haunted dolls seem to be popular. Oddly, they all seem to be from the same manufacturer. Also, haunted witches' rings and all sorts of crazy items that come with their own spirit. I wouldn't hold out too much hope that this is true. But as to objects sometimes seeming to come with a spirit attached, I have heard from people of this happening when they inherit something from a relative. One guy had his dead aunt's coffee maker given to him by his mom. They would wake to the smell of coffee strongly in the morning from the kitchen, but nothing was brewed. He told his mom and she said, it had kept happening to her too. That's why she gave the thing to him. And Christina Collins adds, I've heard about that too, but I was once watching a documentary on a story of someone who brought in something after using the board. They contacted a Native American spiritualist who then told them to put the board in the water since that element has spiritual significance is like a way for spirits to cross over. Once they placed it inside of a kiddie pool of water, they placed a rock on it to stop the spirit from even getting out. If I remember correctly, it was a fairly old board. And Nawal adds, All the objects keep energy, haunted or not. The difference is the vibrations of the stored energy. We all know that organic materials like wood, resin, plastics, etc. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tend to... Okay. Tend to accumulate static. We see it when you take out our sweater in the darkness and we see the sparks. Well, static is not the only type of energy they keep. We humans have an ability. We can throw energy through We can throw energy through our eyes and through our convincement and concentration like a ray. Using the Ouija board successfully requires a lot of concentration, and a problem is that we act like mediums. We have to give control of our energy to whatever we are speaking to, and yes, an entity with access to a high, alive human energy might haunt the board. Use our energy somehow to do their purpose and attach to the object to avoid disappearing, like, quote-unquote, Valdemort of Harry Potter, who has to, quote-unquote, live into the objects to survive. Regular souls usually don't know how to do that, but ghosts of wizards or sorcerers may have the knowledge to do something like that. Other possibility is, when we use the board, we contact an 
an entity that is not human, a djinn or demon or something powerful like that, then we are in serious troubles. If you give control of your energy to something like that, nobody knows the things they can do with it. Nobody knows what their purpose is either. But you won't find any good ones in the board. They all need something. They are all hungry of energy. Most of them are liars. So it can be haunted by the owner or by the spirits plus the owner's energy. And the pattern of the energy can stay there for hundreds of years. Until someone stronger than that energy who made the haunting changes the vibration with his convincement and focus and some rituals. And they are haunted for everyone, even the quote-unquote unbelievers. But the unbeliever would find an excuse for feeling bad or weak or having nightmares and would fix it, taking pills. It is radiation. Obviously, there are stronger and weaker persons, but it radiates all around. Your brain can perceive that vibration or not, but it is stored there like a movie is stored on a DVD, brackets, recording. And ugly and rude ads. Let's look at it differently. 20 to 25 million Ouija boards have been sold by Parker Brothers. They are safe for children and teens and adults who use critical thinking. They become dangerous to those who blindly believe or do drugs and have neurological issues. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You. And this is the final episode for 2014. Quickly to talk about the episode, I found this forum to be very entertaining because unlike paranormal forums where people just sort of pile on with more and more ridiculous information about a topic, there's a fair amount of pretty blow people out of the water skepticism on this forum. While they still talk about lots of things that are obviously nonsense, they don't let people come in with super crazy topics or continue threads where they suppose all kinds of things that have no basis in reality and are unprovable. So I think it's a funny balance. There is certainly plenty of nonsense on the forum, but it is fun to see people calling people's bluffs or pointing out obvious errors in their stories. And again, unusual on this type of website. So back to the Lou Reed stuff. I just want to thank everyone for listening all year. It's been a lot of fun as always. And thanks for everyone who asked for magnets. I still have magnets. So if you want a magnet in 2015, just write to loureads at gmail.com and that would be super great. I'll send you a magnet. And if you want to, please, 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 please rate the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and spread the word about the podcast. I know that this podcast is not for everyone and I appreciate those who listen, but you never know who's going to find this kind of stuff interesting. So tell your friends, hide your kids, hide your wife. Hopefully I have finished editing this by Christmas and I can wish everyone a, ha- a Merry Christmas and the, a recently passed Hanukkah and an unfortunately I don't know when Kwanzaa is and I'm not going to look it up right now because I want to finish this. But also Kwanzaa if you celebrate, Festivus, Krampus, whatever. I'm glad that everyone is uh, grinding it through to the end of the year and we're going to make it. I've jinxed myself, but I'm going to keep believing that I'm going to make it. Yeah, so thanks once again for, to everybody. I really appreciate it. I love reading all the stuff on Facebook and the comments that I get on the blog and reading the reviews on iTunes. It's always super awesome to see, and I really love it. I wish I had more weird crap to send you guys and, bust, you know, designs for shirts or whatever, but I can't even start to think about that stuff because it's too mind-boggling. But, yes, I hope everyone has a lovely holiday and safe and happy New Year's Eve. No blowing your fingers off the fireworks. Don't shoot champagne bottle corks at people's faces. You can, you don't have to pop the bottle like that. You can just gently twist it off. I hope everyone gets all the gifts they want and all that kind of good nonsense. So, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You. Talk Paranormal Edition. My name's Lou. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.